Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. This is episode 178, and today we are reviewing The Boy and the Heron, as well as Bumpa. Jacob got it in, so it's a double feature review. We're going to review May, December as well. So I know we talked a little bit about that last time, but we didn't say it was going to be a feature for sure. And uh, I think the discussion will be will warrant a feature. So, I mean, might as well. What, what, what difference does it make if it's a feature or if we talk about it as long in an interview? <laughs> Either way, we're going to talk about it. What do mean that? Exactly. Although, fuck it. I say it's a feature. Got to get those... Uh, Got to get those search, you know, algorithms going. Yeah. The more movies we have in the title, the more will be found. Exactly. So, what's new with you? Anything? Uh, So, I went out to, like, a nightclub for the first time since, I think, the Vegas trip. Ooh. And... Like I don't, I honestly don't even think I've had shots since then. But Mingxu had a friend over, and she loves to go out. So I'm like, well, let's go out. So we did, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And shots are fun. And <laughs> I was honestly surprised. I'm like, I don't like remember. I don't ever really drink like liquor. I pretty much only drink beer or wine now because i'm old and yeah i did fine i didn't i still woke up perfectly okay they've both passed out her friend puked in front of the front door <laughs> of the club oh my god <laughs> okay she went a little too hard yeah <laughs> she thought uh she thought she was hidden in the alleyway so she said i'm like you were in the front door and it's a glass door everyone saw it happen but yeah, I woke up fine the next day, like ready to go. So I can still do it. I can hang with the best of them still. Can't imagine Evan not enjoying getting fucked up. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to the bar for the first time in a, in a while on Saturday. Well, first we had to go to this uh, Alyssa's work Christmas party, which is always so fucking lame. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, it is just, it's you know, it's a bunch of bank employees, so it's pretty much what you would expect. Um, but I will say there's two good things about it. They rent out the Kellogg um, Center in uh, Michigan State's campus, and it's catered by them. So food is usually pretty good, pretty good. And then they also get, uh, they get a certain amount of money or whatever to spend there also for the bartenders. So basically we're getting free drinks there and then we go out with the younger people after to the bars and uh, to do the actual fun stuff. Yeah. To do the actual fun stuff. And that actually was a fun night. So didn't, didn't puke in front of the, in the front door. Thank God, <laughs> but no, it was fun. Oh, I did get to go. We went to this, uh, Japanese izakaya and Fairfax and they have it was like fucking amazing food mm. but it, so expensive but I did get to try some Japanese beers and I got to try up my first green beer that wasn't a St. Patty's Day food dyed green beer and it was from Kyoto it was a matcha 
green tea beer, IPA, actually. And I was pretty excited to try that because of our experience with that other green tea, or I don't know if it's green tea, but tea yuzu beer from Grand Mariner. Whatever that place is called. Bold Mariner? (laughs) God damn it, Jake. Bold Mariner. I knew it was something. (laughs) Grand Mariner. Con Mariner. Uh yeah, and but it was pretty good. Uh but it wasn't it didn't have the yuzu, which I think really helps balance mm-hmm. that. Cause mm-hmm. like you get that little sweet that citrus sweetness with the earthiness of tea. This was just it was super green too, like dyed my tongue green. Green. <laughs> but and it had a super strong like matcha flavor. But yeah, it didn't because it was just bitter and earthy it's not like a balance that's great (laughs) versus like having that little bit of fruitiness and citrus to help balance that so if it they they need to get some kyoto if you're listening (laughs) which i'm sure they are add some yuzu which you know is a japanese fruit add some of that and you have something there but it was good just an interesting beer i felt like i had to share well speaking of beer cuckoo box it up uh why don't we get into our featured beer which uh jacob you picked this well i mean it was care package beer. i did you you picked you decided which beer we were drinking (laughs) and uh, you said you had the perfect tie-in for it so let's hear it i definitely said that didn't i that's what I remember. So I did not say that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I honestly, this would be like a really, you know, West Coast um, movie stars are on the West Coast, and <laughs> perfect dying for any movie. It's a West Coast IPA. Yeah. Honestly, this is a Stone Beer collaboration, so like I love Stone, so I wanted to try it because of that. Yes. And I was, I this even is know, actually hard um, to find the. It. Yeah, it's hard to find the yeah. check-in for it. Actually, there's not a, a picture for it. I found it already. There's not a picture for it. Yeah, there's me too. But there's like twelve ratings. ratings. Yeah. Oh, I got a different one. Oh, my, I'm looking at the one Punk in the Park from Rad Beer Co. Because I think that's okay. Yeah. Who like? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there is a description here though. Hmm. So I guess I will do that since I picked this beer. So this is Punk in the Park, Rad Beer, collaboration with Stone, coming at 6.3% ABV, 45 IBUs. Uh, It says, in collaboration with our friends and craft beer legends at Stone Brewing, we have brewed this epic West Coast IPA for Punk in the Park, November 4th to 5th. So, oh, this isn't that old either. In uh, Orange County. Brewed with pure Idaho malted barley, Nelson Savin, Savant, Citra, and feature... Oh, Phantasm. So I know this how this is going to taste. Phantasm is produced from Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc grape skins, which are very high in thiols. Fermented with thiolized yeast, which is designed to utilize thiols present in hops, and Phantasm to produce huge tropical fruit notes. So this is going to taste like probably all of those uh, (laughs) New Zealand style IPA tastes. But I mean, that's fine. 
Yeah. I don't know if there's like a different, it looks like the same description on here. <clears throat> never had anything from Rad, but plenty yeah, from never... Stone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, I don't know. What's the, I'm trying to see how late, how far these check-ins go back. Is this new, newer, 2023? I mean, apparently it was brewed yeah, it was for November 3rd to 4th, so it can't be that old. Huge. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah, big yeah. Rad is. Oh, Rad's tiny, actually. They only have 7,000 total check-ins. So they are micro, micro. Yes. All right. Um, well, let's try it. Yep. Well, you can already smell that specific smell mm-hmm. of the phantasm, which, again, I don't dislike at all, but it's just a very distinct. They all taste the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely hoping for more coming from Stone, but um, we will see. It tastes exactly like all the other, which is not a bad thing. You know, it doesn't have like a hazy flavor, but, you know, now that they said specifically in this that they're from like those grape skins, that mm-hmm. is exactly what I taste. <laughs> and I never I know. I always thought it tasted to me like a champagne, like a wine type beer. And now that makes sense because it comes from grape skin. So it's it, it does. Yeah, like I know exactly what you're saying. It tastes very similar to a lot of those, but it's like a little cleaner. Um, yeah, I, do, I mean, I don't mind it. I think it's really Far good. My favorite, but I like. Yeah. I, here's my here's be my discrepancy. It would be it's good for a West Coast. Like I don't love West Coast. I thought I, I did. do, but well, then you should love this, right? I mean, I think it's good. Like for I think this is honestly for me, it's still a step above now. Probably hazies because I'm just kind of tired of that specific yeah, you're hazies. Yeah, flavor I mean, this is profile. A nice of yeah. Compared to those. Yeah, this tastes like a different tastes kind of in the same vein as Hazy's, where it's that very fruitiness, like a lot of fruitiness with a little bit that covers up that hoppiness that you get, just that bitter hoppiness you expect from like a West Coast. And yeah. so I feel like these again are very would be a very easy stepping point for IPAs, for just like a hazy would be. But yeah. you know, it's more unique than the hazy profile that I'm used to now. Yeah, this is just like that crisp. Like this has the fruity profile without like the, you know, thickness and murkiness of a hazy. It's it's crisp. It's clean. It's probably not as complex, but um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's or not. not it doesn't blow me away, but it's good. Mm-hmm. This would be like a solid one to keep in rotation like if i could keep if i had like a really good american really good west coast really good hazy in rotation at all times 
then you never get sick of one. You know, you just, what are you feeling today? Pick from those three. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if we're rating this one, I'm going to give it the stone bump and give it a three, seven, five. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think I'm at a three, five, but it could um, be a three, five. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on to our first featured review? Let's do it. All right. We're talking the boy and the heron first. Uh, the Boy and the Heron was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, should I read the Japanese language cast or the English language cast? So I actually watched it in Japanese with subtitles. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Stars Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, Willem Dafoe, and some others. Plot synopsis reads, a young boy named Mihito yearned, yearning for his mother ventures, ventures into a world shared by the living and the dead. There, death comes to an end and life finds a new beginning, a semi-autobiographical fantasy from the mind of Hayao Miyazaki. Now, Jacob, you um, spoiled my question. <laughs> my first question was going to be, <laughs> how did you watch this movie? Yes, I did watch it subbed. Okay. Yeah, that was the only option, honestly. (laughs) Well, I had multiple options, and, you know, I was kind of expecting you to go to the dub. Not like that you, I mean, you watch a lot of shit subbed, but um, Ghibli films in particular have very good dubs. So, you know, maybe thought you would have went that way. And it's going to have to hit you with. uh, Living amongst the normies. Because I saw this in IMAX subbed. But Oh, look at that. I know that IMAX was playing like next week or something or like two weeks from now. I'm like, damn it. It was so weird how hard it was to find this one. This one I had to drive to Alexandria because it the it was playing only it wasn't playing in Arlington. It was only playing in Georgetown at like weird times. So I had to go to Alexandria to like have a good time to watch it. And it was only playing for like two showings of the day and only subbed. Hmm. Well, I mean, what would your preference have been if you, um, you know, if you had your pick of the litter, what would you have gone to? We could say IMAX, obviously, but then hmm. would you want to see the dub or would yeah, you Yeah, IMAX. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I, I think you have a, I think pr- maybe I would say sub for a first watch if I'm going to be, because um, I want to be like that guy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> like it's Miyazaki, so he's Japanese. Uh, like, like I would probably watch Japanese first now, but I will also probably watch the dub eventually. Yeah. The only, like, it's funny because I would watch everything subbed, but Ghibli films are like one of the only things I would watch dubbed because they do such a good job with the dubs. But, Watch this up. So we yeah. both watched this up. Okay. Now let's get into, well, I have another tangent before we get into the, the review. Going to have to apologize to anybody that's seen the movie because it's, you know, Jacob's thoughts will be spoiled for you um, because there's a very prominent scene. So people will know, you know, Jacob loved this because of this scene. Now the question is, do you know what the scene is, Jacob? <laughs> oh no. What? 
Was there blues and reds at a point or? No. It featured something, an object perhaps. I refuse my God, I know, like, I'll probably be like, oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, anybody that's seen the movie already knows Jacob loved it because it prominently featured a whetstone. <laughs> oh, I, I literally pointed that out because I watched this with my girlfriend. I was like, look, I can do that. <laughs> look, there's the whetstone, babe. I'm like, he's not doing it with the perfect technique, you know? <laughs> You should only go in one direction, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I did love, love that jokes. part. Love to be a part of one someday. Okay, let's get to the real view. Uh, what did you think of the boy and the heron? Uh, so honestly, I walked out feeling a little like, hmm. I d- obviously, like from a techno aspect, it's phenomenal. Like, even on like a studio Ghibli level, some of the effects and stuff were just stuff they haven't like fire, especially like they've done that before, but this was like (laughs) another level. (laughs) Like some of the effects in this were like bringing animation to a new level. That was amazing. And the music awesome, very heavily featured and great. And yeah, all of those like, are expected what i didn't expect is what a departure this was to me this was like he's like you know fuck everyone i'm not gonna make like it easy to follow whatever i'm making an art house movie that's just like to show that i can do this and not even care about like really making a super easy to follow storyline that you know a lot of his movies do which i Mm -hmm. I think are better for it in a sense, because I think it almost is more masterful to make a movie. You can just watch as like almost a kid, not knowing deeper things and just enjoy it. And then also as an adult watching something and being like, wow, that's like talking about so much more. But I also do respect that. He's just like, you know, whatever I'm in my eighties, I'm just going to make a movie that is, about stuff I think is interesting and put it together in a way that's, you know, still beautifully done. So I did like this quite a bit, but I do think it's more on the level of like a Totoro for me, which I do also think is great, but that one is great in an almost opposite way where it's like a simple, yeah, super simple movie. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That is just a slice of life that has, fantastical elements and this one is just like the opposite and that's super like artsy and not very cohesively understandable but it's still like i respect it a lot for what it is and it's kind of is amazing that he's able to do something like this in his 80s and still put out something like this okay well you uh, kind of took me by surprise here, Jacob, because uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think you would blindly love it, but, you know, it's it's definitely more up your alley. And um, I thought you would come out loving it no matter what. Um, 
<laughs> but I got to tell you, I actively dislike this movie. <laughs> and it's for a lot of the reasons that you stated, and I'll get into it. Um, sure, let's, I'll piggyback off the technical points first, because um, you mentioned the fire. I thought anything with that, like how they animated that was amazing. Like just felt so it's animated but it like felt so visceral at the same time like really kind of put you in his like pov of you know the just the the drastic situation that he's that he was in um you know trying to get to his mother things like that i loved all that stuff um it is beautifully animated as well, but I wouldn't say it's like a technical masterpiece or anything. There's a ton of reused like models and stuff from previous Ghibli. Like some of the people look like the exact same from other Ghibli movies. And there's even characters in this that look like exactly the same. I mean, you could say the birds for sure, but they're all the same species. So I guess that's a little bit of a cheat, but like even there's a couple of human characters like, when he goes to school for the first time, like all the kids look the same except for him, which I don't know if that's none of them have haircuts that are like his. Yeah. Yeah. They all are bald. Right. I don't know if that's like saying something about like when you leave the city, this is like the country folk. I don't know. Um, But yeah, there's, it's not like up to a movie. Like I think princess Mononoke or, which there's even like reused ideas from that movie in this, like with the forest spirits and stuff and you know, the flying little white things like very, very similar vibes to a lot of his movies, like a conglomeration of them. And it it does say that this is semi autobiographical, which I don't really see how, and maybe that's homework that you need to do, but I did do that, which is, I, a reason okay. why I'm going to come up higher than I originally walked out with. Okay. But that, I mean, that can almost be a negative thing, but sometimes I feel like a movie that like wants you to do homework on it can be like a good thing too. Like if there is more to get out of it, I guess, but yeah. In a movie like this. So like we've talked about this on the show before, you shouldn't have to do homework to see a movie or whatever. Now it depends on the movie, like a movie like this, there that you know wanting to get more out of it that's not necessarily like homework quote unquote whereas like marvel movies you're doing literally just plot yeah yeah, exactly watch these shows just to get the plot like that's not interesting this you know being able to connect these things to his life or you know the metaphors that can definitely be more interesting and be more engaging so if I knew that or if I like had that homework going into it, I could definitely go up on this as well. If and if I understood it more. But honestly, when he gets to like the other world or whatever, it is so like it's not too weird or like super surreal either. It's <clears throat> it just feels like things like don't really connect and nothing matters that comes before it. And I never know like why anything is the way it is. And so that leaves me like not caring. And when I'm not caring, I'm bored. And like two thirds of this movie, I was very bored. The first, like the intro in the beginning and stuff, I was hooked. I was in it. I was ready to love this thing. And then he gets to the other world and I was like, 
trying to follow it. And then after a while, I just like, I'm like, fuck this. I can't, I'm, I give up. I'm done. <laughs> like, and nothing I, you know, obviously I'm, I'm stuck there. So I sat, watched the whole thing still. And I still can connect the pieces when it was over. So what the fuck was the point? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, honestly, I felt pretty similar when I walked out of it. I'm like, I want to like believe, I mean, this is Miyazaki. Like he's going to go down like as one of the greatest directors ever. So like, I, you just have to assume that there's more there, but like, yeah, I did have to like read a lot into it after. Again, I did even like it just technically and like, you know, it's not like long or anything. So, you know, that's fine. But I also agree that I'm just like, God damn, like what <laughs> the other ones almost all of them are pretty easy to follow, at least from like a main storyline. Well, here's Whereas this okay. one. It's just like, that's a what? good, that's, that's a good point right there that you bring up. Cause immediately I was thinking of like other Miyazaki movies, some of them more plot driven or whatever, but the best comparison that I could think of is spirited away where she goes to this other world as well. It's very surreal. Things don't really make sense, but like, it's like a coming of age story. She's like learning lessons along the way. And then like the ending is so much more impactful, like leaving that world behind and then, you know, having to return to like the normal family. And like, she is embracing this change rather than like lamenting her parents for making her move. Right. Like that movie, even though I think it's overrated is like so much more enjoyable and like could have been, I don't think it's just as weird as this. I think this is weirder because there's a lot left unexplained, but it has the same vibe, like that surreal vibe of another world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and that's exactly what I said when I walked out of this. I'm like, this reminds me of more. Yeah. Like I Totoro. Yeah. Spirit away kind of where like they go to different worlds, but even then it was like more easy to walk out and realize like, what Spirit Away was talking about versus Totoro is kind of like just a very simple story that you're just supposed to enjoy, basically. And this one, it was just like, okay, what was I supposed to get out of this? And exactly. I mean, I did, (laughs) I did, I did end up getting it. Like as I was like driving home, I was like, we were talking about it together and like I started I did come up with my own conclusions of like what oh, it was you trying have to, to tell say. Me. <laughs> Is it spoiler? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, kind, I mean, not really. Cause like, I don't even know how you spoil this movie. It's not like right, important true. almost like what happens. <laughs> like it's more just, that's why I feel like this one is so much more just art house type movie where it's like you you just you're supposed to draw your own conclusions but like yeah i did watch like a video also afterwards i'm just like okay that explained like where all these influences came from and it's like holy shit there's a lot of things it was like oh there was a behind the scenes video of him having a pinup of this manga from 50s that this manga is about this. I'm like, oh my God. 
like well yeah very personal over 80 story (laughs) yeah like yeah like this is a very personal story Uh, right right but Um, i guess yeah give me your uh give me your explanation because i haven't looked up anything on this i walked out of it and i mean to me i think that's a another flaw of it like sometimes i'll walk out of movies i won't get them fully but like if it's good enough or hooks me enough, I want to do the research to, I'm like, okay, it's my fault. I didn't get it. I want to look into what it means. And I mean, I've haven't had a lot of time recently been, you know, busier, but I, I didn't even like look it up on my phone articles or whatever. Whenever I had free time, I didn't look up anything. So that's just another, like, eh, is it, you know, yeah. How eager will I be? To and I think that's things? pretty fair. Like, Honestly, I think it was mostly because I know it's Miyazaki and I'm a huge fan. Like, spoiler, this I plan on making him my premium next because I need to get you to watch Nausicaa and Valley of Wind, which might be my new favorite, but we'll see. Mm. But yeah, like that's basically why I know he's like, like there must be more. And then, yeah, what I walked out feeling like as a story was just okay he lost his mom and like a kid going through that trauma i mean you see him crying right when on his bed in the beginning thinking about how he lost her and this is obviously a very like now that i've seen so many of his movies he's very anti-war obviously oh yeah <laughs> but, i mean that's like in every <laughs> all of his movies yeah it's like all of his movies almost and Especially World War like two, <laughs> right? But, obviously, <laughs> obviously, but like another aspect to his life. So I had known this before because I looked up before how he was super close to his mother because like his father wasn't he wasn't like in his life as much, and it was kind of a similar story because it says mm-hmm. this is autobiographical, right? So like his mother was yes. really sick, and like I know that his dad remarried. And a common thing was to remarry like your step, like the sister of your wife to keep like, cause it's supposed to stay the family. Right. And so like they would do that cause you know, women didn't have as much value. So right. it was like a common thing. It's like, Oh, the sister died. Weird, well, we still I want you. I don't you. know if that's supposed to be some <laughs> reveal in this movie, but it's very weird that like, you don't learn that until like he goes to the other world <laughs> and you're like, Oh, they were sisters, <laughs> which like, if that's like yeah. a cultural thing, I don't know why it just like, wasn't, it is a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, not anymore, not obviously, deal. but at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was okay. This kid who's like had to deal with this loss, who's a kid. And then like, now he's put, has to like assume that this new woman And you can now get her feelings more like she's like, oh, like think of that, like from her perspective. Now she's married to the guy, her sister, who she loved, too, was married to. And now it's her nephew who is now her son. And she want and like she wants him to like she cares so much that she wants him to like, like be okay, But he doesn't see her like as his mother. Right. Like. But to her, you know, he is her blood, too. So it's just like you can now see more like how she was in the beginning. Like she seemed to care a lot, but didn't want to push too much and like her confusion. And also like his confusion with obviously, can you imagine that as a kid? (laughs) 
Like that would be so hard. And then yeah. like the dad just kind of like acting like it's like normal. And also he was, his dad was rich and like, they did have a Miyazaki, like they did build like stuff for planes for world war, yeah. which was like the wind rises too, was a big part. And planes in general are a big part of his movies, but yeah. So like, it was just hard for him to accept that. And the kid, you could feel like first he was like very combative and sad. Then he kind of like warmed up and then he went to, then after he matured and became more brave, he decided to like go and save his new mother. And then like, eventually he called her mom. Right. So it was like, it was yeah, that turn though, was, like, like it was a yeah it did seem a little turn. abrupt right yeah like yeah. he like goes from uh, you know not not giving her the cold shoulder like it always feels like he's very respectful but then it's like oh i like will not leave this world i would die for you <laughs> which uh, yeah, yeah that, just that turn was very sudden but I think it was because of the book, because if you know the real name of this movie and like everywhere except here is how do you want to live or how to live your life or how do you how would you live or how to live? I forgot. It's the name of the book that he reads in it. And that was a book that his mother gave him to read. And it's a popular book in Japan. And it's basically how you need to not just like be your think about yourself but you need to like live for others too and mm -hmm. that's when he like real that's when he like matured like that had an emotional impact on the kid in the movie and emotional impact on miyazaki when he because like he was super progressive and liberal if you look up like his past it's crazy how progressive he was <laughs> compared i mean if you watch his movies there's a reason why they're not problematic today like most I mean, yeah, Disney I would assume movies, that. you go back and you're like, holy shit, that's fucked up. But you like watch Miyazaki movies from like the 80s and you're like, wow, that still fits today. Right. <laughs> he was yeah. like super Ultra progressive. And, and then, I mean, obviously, his yeah, anti-war messaging. I would assume that. But yeah, so like that book really had a profound effect on him as a kid. And so that's when the kid also matures after reading that book. And that's when he changes to where like, okay. I need to help her because like I need to my like in the book in this story, his mom like gave him that book and said, like, you need to do this. And then he's like, OK, I need to do this. And that's so he matures. And that's when he's like, OK, I need to save her. And then that's when he decides to go back and like go to that world. Hmm. And yeah, <laughs> so okay. it's, we're, we're, like, we're connecting it a lot to his life, but like. <laughs> there's things the whole i don't know like the whole the birds and and then there's the parakeets and the pelicans yeah and there's the, that was like a whole nother thing which i like need to re-listen to that like has a whole thing about a historical thing and also there's like even his great uncle there was like this book that was written because he if you look he looks like he doesn't look japanese right he's drawn differently and his hairstyle is different. It's because he was drawn like a Westerner and Ooh. he was based on this character, and, uh, his great uncle. Oh, the, the, the tower? No, master? yeah, the old guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who, like, when it showed him when he was younger, obviously he didn't look the same. And it's because yeah, he was based yeah. on this, like, Japanese, uh, this 
German, this German author who moved to Japan after like a meteor hit, which like destroyed something. And he married a Japanese woman, lived there for 15 years and like wrote this book about Japanese culture. And Mm -hmm. it was like based based on all of the myth and like horror, like stories of Japan. And that's like what this world is based on. But since he's like, doesn't completely understand the world, which is why he needs like Mojito to take it up. But also the old guy is like a representation of Miyazaki being old versus Miyazaki being young and him trying. Yeah, to I got that was like the only thing I understood. Knowledge. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, creating this these worlds and like kind of just like an like a director would. Right. Like he creates them with the blocks or whatever. And like he wants to pass it down to yeah. someone or whatever. He's like, I need a successor and it has to be like from my bloodline or something. That's like the only thing that kind of made sense but yeah and i know his kid in, like never yeah. wanted to like take up his mantle right like didn't, it was too much pressure to think that he would have to take control of studio ghibli underneath miyazaki mm-hmm. after that him <laughs> okay but even in that sequence like the problem isn't well the problem is that i've you have to know all of that to really get it but even some of yes, like the that is the problem. Even some of the sequencing, like the parakeet king, isn't introduced until like until like it's a. He was the worst part. Like honestly, like the parakeets makes, and him were the worst yeah. part. Yeah. And then like they go, they work their way up to like the tower master, right? And then there's this weird cut, and then he's back imprisoned by the parakeets, and then they have to work their way back up again. He's like having a conversation with him. And then all of a sudden he's back down and then they go back up. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? How did we get from here to here? I mean, I yeah, might have missed something. I was something, so confused also. That was very weird. Just like, no, I was totally confused either. I was like, it, I just like took it as like, it was like a telepathic type like message to him. And then he woke up back in the reality of the fantasy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bottom line is, I guess, just I need to do some serious research and YouTube videos and deep dives and then rewatch this movie because. Yeah, which is yeah, why this one just seems like such a like, I mean, like, that's why I almost respect him for like making this because he's like, fuck it. You know, like, I'm going to show thing is that like, like I'm just going to make one for me that. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. Like he wants to do I mean, yeah, he wants to kind of encompass his whole life's work into one movie. Right. That's I've heard that this is, you know, like the send off. And if he directs another movie after this, I'm seriously going to be like, fuck you, Miyazaki, because like I highly doubt it. I know he's like said he retired like seven times. Exactly. And then he makes this movie (laughs) like he's literally like eight in his mid 80s. So like, yeah, yeah, it's probably actually last movie. And he makes this movie, which is totally inaccessible, and it's supposed to encompass his whole career and his whole life, and then to make another movie afterwards would just be a total fuck you. So I would say fuck you if he did that. Hopefully he doesn't. But in the meantime, if, like, yeah, I just, I wouldn't mind rewatching it eventually with all of that stuff in hindsight, but on a first watch, it's just, like, totally inaccessible, and 
the reviews on it are insane because I highly doubt that everybody knows all of those details going in. All of that. But but people Unless are they're like super, it. I <laughs> Yeah. I do know so this was so like the original title was like what was it? How do you live? We must no, what was it? Uh how do you live? Yeah. And like, apparently his quote after that was like, there's nothing more pathetic than telling the world that you'll retire because of your age than making another comeback. Yeah. He's like, is it truly possible to accept how pathetic that is and do it anyway? <laughs> Doesn't an elderly person deluding themselves that they're still capable despite their geriatric forgetfulness prove that they're past their best? You bet it does. <laughs> like that was his quote about making this movie. Well, <clears throat> he's uh, so what? That's him thinking highly of this and of himself. That no, no, I think that was him saying like, like it's kind of pathetic that he felt like he needed to make this movie. But also, oh, I he was saying like it's he pathetic, but then like something. it's a banger. So yeah. he's like, "Fuck you, I'm not pathetic." <laughs> I feel like he doesn't think that though. I feel like he just felt like he wanted to make another movie, but he feels like it's kind of pathetic that he wants to make another movie. Yeah, but yeah. so he's just well, kind I, of doing it and seeing what. I don't know why people, happens. especially artists, have to announce their retirement. Like that does that never that doesn't make sense to me. Like why is why is Quentin Tarantino saying like oh I want to end it at ten like I get like the whole ten perfect just stop making movies, movies. movies. yeah <laughs> yeah just be just be like I'm done or whatever or and then like just stop like, and then just maybe the someday you make another one <laughs> exactly then like yeah exactly when you come back people won't call you out on it and then you won't get shit for it just stop announcing your retirement especially as an artist you can make art as long as you're alive and nobody will care as long as it's good or not good. I mean, I guess exactly. that's all subjective too. So who gives a fuck? Holy shit. Yeah. Art is subjective. <laughs> who the fuck cares? You got me riled up, Miyazaki. You're lucky you're like, man, I beat your ass. Um, all right. I really don't have too much else to say on the boy and the heron. Um, no, I will say I do want to watch this again, but I will probably watch it dubbed because if I'm going to watch it again, might as well watch the other version of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm assuming this will come to Max with all the other Ghibli films if that's still uh, if that deal is still in place. So, yeah, probably. I would be curious to rewatch maybe um, around the if you do this as a as a premium choice around that time. because I'll be watching them anyway. Yeah, I'm going to get all the ones you haven't watched, maybe. Have you seen Porco Rosso? Nope. Got to do the Hidden Gems. I haven't seen okay. Porco Rosso. Yeah. Uh, Nausicaa. Um, Definitely don't watch those before. Yeah, because Nausicaa, I've never seen I it. think you're going to love. Okay. I've heard it's uh, very good. Technically not. Uh, I know he, he directed that, right? So you'd have to the premium yeah. would have to be uh, Miyazaki, not Ghibli, because I learned. Um, no, I, I want only Miyazaki. Oscar is technically not. I, a there's team. only like, yeah, I want so was, like was only Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah, only Miyazaki. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, what are you gonna give 
The Boy and the Heron out of five stars. I'm going to give it a heavy 3.5. I'm going a two. <laughs> Whoa. I said I actively disliked it. That Yeah, that's fair. Less than a two and a half. That's um, fine. And I'm fully ready to admit that... Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm a douchebag. Douchebag! <laughs> But until then, uh, I gotta do I gotta do some homework and get that rewatch in. I'm ready for it to go up. I mean, I gave Totoro a four, so I'm like, I, it's around there for me. So, Yeesh. okay, go up. pump the brakes. I gave Totoro a three, but I I could use a rewatch on that too, to be honest. But I think it, it, Totoro, you just have to go in with the expectations that it's not trying to be anything other than a slice of life fantasy i didn't really have any expectations as far as the plot i just my expectations were like how beloved it was and like that's the logo for studio ghibli and like everybody loves this movie and yeah actually i do agree i think because when i watched it last that was my first watch and i might have been in the hype train for it yeah because i think i was low compared to most people (laughs) yeah yeah okay Moving on to our next featured review, which is May-December. Uh, May-December is written by Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic, Mechanic, maybe. Uh, it is directed by Todd Haynes. It stars Natalie Portman, Charles Melton, Julianne Moore, and Gabriel Chung. Plus, synopsis reads, 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. What did you think of May, December? I liked it. Uh, so I kind of loved this movie. It was like a lifetime movie on steroids. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but super well acted especially by melton and Mm -hmm. just like different and i mean i'm so glad we did a todd haynes like premium episode right (laughs) like we did i've seen a lot of todd yeah todd haynes now so and i didn't love all of them i loved one of them but (laughs) (laughs) i will say this was like i want to just piggyback off of that real quick because uh i'll say like during the premium I feel like I have missed the missed what he was going for on a few of those. And maybe yeah, part of it is I like, feel not like being, maybe I did. Yeah. Not being like totally aware, like of the time period. And some of it was probably just like, okay, what is he actually trying to say in making this? And I feel like this kind of put some of his past stuff into, into perspective. So yeah, I'm glad we did the premium. Yeah. Just saying that. Yeah. Like I already like knew what I was like kind of get going to get. And yeah, this was pretty awesome. It looked great. I loved like the music and the humor used with it, which (laughs) also led like the one scene where it's like, doom, 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 doom. It's like, I need more hot dogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
like it, it just like set up this weird vibe that like when it, later it came you're like wait but this is kind of fucked up like that's such an interesting way i don't know it was like such an interesting way to set it up to how it would pay off later which like affected me like as the viewer which is like so different and interesting and like the storylines here you could like take on of like the filmmaker actress natalie portman or you know like the old actress who is like past but also like did this terrible thing and like see where she's coming from and then like charles melton who was probably the best in this and like my, my god like it just was so interesting and i don't i think it would be a something worth rewatching as well oh yeah There's, especially because like, the end yes it's just yeah it was so interesting and there's so much there with each character that you're just like and at the same time it felt kind of real and yeah it was it was yeah it was great like it's probably maybe my favorite of his movies nice uh well i am the one that asked you to watch this so i think yeah. you could have surmised that i liked it but to what degree is the question and I'm here to tell you that I fucking loved May December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This movie, like, I've not stopped thinking about it since I finished it. Um, to your point, it's it is like tonally so unique, but it doesn't clash like it feels like a movie where like these tones would not work together but he pulls it off flawlessly um it's amazing how like obvious and heavy-handed the movie is but also super like subtle and metaphorical also like what it's yes. the things that it like it says <laughs> completely are like so and like the thing the way that he like gets it across is like so obvious but then there's other things that are like you could miss it and you know it's just the the depth to this it goes from like shallow to like the ocean and it's all in one movie it's kind of amazing i'm i'm still like reeling just from thinking about it and you know listening to different takes on the movie and yeah i i loved the performances um it's like it's so meta in 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 a sense and um Mm -hmm. i wish i hold on this anecdote about the writer oh oh, the writing i mean writer is also a casting director which is so meta like she (laughs) that is so meta yeah because like this the the character is like an actress you know scouting her role basically like how do i need to be in this movie so it's just very interesting um but Natalie Portman's performance is amazing and like how she slowly becomes, yeah, you know, she's Gracie. So amazing. My God. Uh, Julianne Moore is great. And just like her, you know, her, yeah, she's very melodramatic, but uh, her like cold, not, not coldness. Um, It's just like this. You can't really tell Cattiness? what she, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like what she's thinking. 
yeah, her it's, feeling. It's her, exactly. Like it could come her, off as dumb, but also she came off so cold and calculated. Like she, yeah, calculated. She, she's like understood. She is like giving the real performance to Natalie Portman's character, and w- which you, mm-hmm. I mean, you find out at some point. And it's like, how do you know what's real? And yeah, Charles Mellon was amazing as well. Like I thought he was. Yeah, Georgie. Bad like in yeah. the beginning, but then you realize like, oh, this is from, you know, him being stunted at the age of 13. And he's, he isn't like a normal man. And God, it's just, there's just so much going on in this. It's, there's a lot to dissect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be hard to talk about in like a cohesive nature, but, um, we'll try. I, I guess starting from the beginning, the, the opening titles and stuff with the butterflies. Again, this is some of like the very obvious heavy handed stuff and how that ties into the end as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's super obvious and, you know, on the head, on the head, but I think it works to some degree. And like this, this movie, like you said, it's, it's a lifetime movie on steroids and it reminded me or, it didn't remind me because I didn't like um, what's that movie called? Far from Heaven or all? What's that? Oh God, it's the other one with Julianne Moore. <laughs> God damn it! Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Hmm. Far, yeah, it is Far from Heaven. Okay, Far from Heaven. Yeah, like, I'm like that sounds right. <laughs> do you remember how that movie like looked and it, it felt like a Hallmark Lifetime movie? And so when I was watching yes. this, I was like, okay, did I totally miss what? far from heaven was going for or like what was that like a meta was that some kind of commentary as well i feel like i might have missed it and it's it has me itching to rewatch some of his movies same thing with safe i feel like i missed yeah because i didn't love that, that one about. i, I did love safe though <laughs> okay i, I loved like either safe, of those though. um i gave it a four and a half so yeah but this like those as some of those same aspects are in this movie but for some reason i like love this movie so i don't know where the disconnect is between those and this, but yeah, just uh, like how it looks too. that there's like that kind of glowy dreamy filter to it. Not as yeah. bad as like far from heaven, oh, but yeah. it's definitely noticeable. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, the, the butterfly stuff, uh, what was some of the other like super, super obvious things. I mean, honestly, I think you could watch this and just think it's like super cheesy and like it's kind of amazing in the fact that it can be fit both ways. Well, it has sparked an online debate of what is camp. Like some people were calling it like campy and I definitely don't think that's the right. No way. (laughs) I don't not see that. Yeah. But maybe some people are watching this the same way that I watched. Where does they see far from campy heaven. though? Uh, maybe. Well, the like the comedy like, where and stuff they see campy, and though? you know the what some of the obvious comedy though. It's not that. Well, the, it is. There's a lot of parts that are pretty funny. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's like heavy in the like cheesy. Campy for me is like cheesy, funny. That's like overtly obvious and that is trying to be stupid 
Yes, I mean, but I think that's I guess, why people okay, are so, Okay, I guess I see a little bit, yeah. And, and people are struggling <laughs> with how to place this movie because there's some of those elements in there. There's definitely comedy in there, but it's it's very dramatic. But like, I don't know, for me, like the acting is just too too. good to be like, yeah, I think like also the acting is just like too good, like seriously good to seem campy, except like at the end, I guess. (laughs) But. Uh, Yeah. yeah. There's, oh, the other obvious thing, um, what her Elizabeth's, the character's name, Natalie Portman. She says that like her mother was an intellectual who wrote a book on, and it's, Oh God, I had this epistemology. Yes. Which if you like, you literally look up what that means. It means to not theory of knowledge. Well, it's like to not know what the truth is like of this. And that's kind of what we're exactly what we're viewing. So like, that is just calling it out right there, you know, saying this is what it, you, you know, what is the yeah, truth? But and for, for me, that wouldn't be campy because that's way too like no, no, no. highbrow, I guess, to be. No, campy. I know. I'm not saying campy. I'm saying um, the, I'm saying like the obvious things in this movie to point to. Because yeah. like, yeah, it just, it plays in both, it plays both sides so well to me i don't know it's yeah there's there's a lot more um i'll try to recount some of the things that i that i love to love i mean i do one of the like scenes i loved was when they're walking out and she's talking to melton's character uh, joe joe Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Uh, but and like by the lake or whatever. And I mean, he was kind of amazing in this. I've never seen him really like anything before. <laughs> yeah. And he's from Riverdale. Just his like, nuance just like, was same. pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, just that scene, I remember like, she, he was like, yeah, you know, like people just didn't understand. Cause you know, we're in love. Like just the way he delivered it showed that it was almost like they were words planted into him to like explain what is between them and because like he he pulls off so well that he's like a yeah a stunted person mm-hmm. based who's never been able to grow up and experience things which are shown you know more literally through like the weed scene or whatever but <laughs> like yeah. just like that scene where he's just he's like you know, we're in love. Just the way he delivered it was so amazing because you're just like, he doesn't mean anything with these words. There's just like ingrained into him to say to like, because they probably been talked to and he's been trained to say them in these way, you know, to not make her look as bad, I guess. Well, but yeah, also I mean, the way you're like saying it confused. is like, it kind of sounds like she's like, coercing him or like training him to say that and it's not even that it's just like the what it gets across so well is that like they have he this doesn't relationship know and like yeah he yeah. doesn't know any different and like he's never even questioned it until he's, this point which is a great scene that comes later yeah. he's like questioning it and then you know she gets mad at him for that and he's like 
am I not allowed to? Shouldn't we be together? Yeah. Like if we're together, should I, shouldn't we be able to talk about these things? Right. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, he just seemed like, it was like, he just said these things. Right. But then like, there's not like the feeling behind it, but then it's also, he's confused about what he's saying because of his feelings now. And I like even loved his scene with like Natalie Portman because it's like she's just an adult and she honestly just thinks he's attractive, right? Based on like her words. Like, well, there's that, before. which is a great, like, another great performance aspect is like, I don't know. It's hard to tell if like she's just doing it because she thinks he's attractive or is she doing it to do research? Or she for the feels role? something. Yeah, or for or research, do, yeah. Or is there like an actual she, attraction? Cuz she's like I can understand why she cuz he seems quiet and like this but, and strong or whatever she said. Mm-hmm. But and like I can understand why she found him attractive. And it's like you're talking about a person who was a child. Like, oh my god, dude. And when you realize like when you tie it back to her watching like audition tapes of literal kids, yes it's so creepy like it's so fucked like, up no i i wouldn't want to fuck them like what that's basically what she's saying she's if like you, I need yeah this, it's I fucked need a 13 up. year old that i want to fuck like are you kidding yeah and even the last scene's kind of like that it's like no 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 i feel like it's getting there <laughs> like what the fuck like, oh we well, yeah we gotta t- yeah. come back to that but yeah, no, with their scene together. There's and- so many motivations and everything between each character that's like so in depth and like worth looking. Like you go watch this movie maybe like at least three times of like really pay attention to these three characters. That I've like, heard it gets better every yeah. rewatch. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm I bet. Rewatch it. <laughs> um, well, I go, sorry, I wanted to finish off with that Natalie Portman and, and Joe scene or Elizabeth and Joe scene. When she, when he like is confused about it, and she said like, "That's what grownups do." We're adults, yeah. And he's like, well, "That's like he so said, fucked says, up." Grownups do like as it's like so belittling to him because like they're the same age. Yes, she doesn't view him yeah. as uh, as an equal. You know, she sees him as a kid because he's like stunted in his growth. But mm-hmm. also, you can see as he's stunted in his growth, and he believes in like love because he hasn't really been in that many relationships. So. When for him, like that is like a meaningful act and everything. He actually thought she felt more, but also she maybe sees him as a kid and doesn't think anything of it. Or maybe she's just belittling. Like, yeah, there's like so much in that. It's but don't so you think crazy. that's ironic too, or like funny that you say that, like that he believes in love because this happened when he was thirteen. He doesn't know what love is because, I mean, mm-hmm. if you were if he. If he loved, I mean, you see his letter crazy. too. She he, reads it, right? Like, yeah. It, well, okay. So his, he, um, if he loved Gracie, like that scene happens alone with with Natalie Portman, and he's also kind of thinking like you learn that he's has an affair intentional, like he, <laughs> um, he is intent on having an affair with this lady from the Butterfly Facebook group. Like yeah, because like, they're talking the about like going to or whatever. Or whatever together. Yeah, he's like, you know, let's see if this like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's interested in like exploring other relationships. Like he might say that he's in love with Gracie or whatever, but like either he doesn't know what love is or he is subconsciously just like feeling mm-hmm. trapped in that relationship and he wants out. 
Yeah. Um, to go back to the to the to the end scene, there um it it a lot of people have posed this question like that seeing that raises the question like was all of this worth it like for what they're making and it doesn't even it doesn't go too over the top with it but it makes it look just cheap enough just shitty enough to convey that like this is not going to be some oscar winning movie this is going to be like schlocky you know lifetime movie straight to yeah, yeah. Straight to video <laughs> streaming movie which is also funny because this went to Netflix. Um, that's, you know, it's not going to be good. Like there's an Italian director, not saying that Italian directors are bad, but like there's this like schlocky Italian director. The set is in, which is another ma- amazing thing. It's very like they do this quick uh, shot of a TV and it's like a porno that recreates the yeah. same, their situation. That's what I thought. Too. It's so yeah. reminiscent of the porno. It's like one step above porn is what they're re- is what they're making, and they never really draw attention to this either. But like Elizabeth, she gets noticed for her roles in like these TV shows that she's embarrassed about. Like th- this, we're supposed to yeah. Figure she's out just that a she's TV. Some, yes. Yeah, not. she's not some high award-winning actress, and she's they say to that multiple times. It. Yeah, it's like hey. We've seen you. I oh, I've never met a TV star before. Like they exactly. never say movie star. So it raises that question: like everything that happens and like everything she goes through and all this stuff. Is it like this is what they're making? Is it worth it? Like, and yeah, I, that's just like a great commentary on. I, I mean, guess, like, yeah, they were like, "You're over budget." Yeah, right. <laughs> Which what was the budget for that? Like a hundred thousand dollars? No, it's probably couldn't have been much. Yeah, because <laughs> like. They're just, she's just living with them and they're paying for things. Like, what was the budget that's going over? No, yeah. But I, I, I just love that scene. Like, the very ending scene is pretty amazing. Kind of puts the whole movie in perspective. But then um, the scene before that at the the graduation and everything, like, it, it, this movie does a lot without saying, like, without telling you, without saying a lot, like, you know that that's mm-hmm. the end of Joe and Gracie and then Gracie and Elizabeth have that talk on the field after. And it's like the whole power dynamic, yeah, which was right good. There, yeah. And just is like, okay. I mean, I love that they did it multiple times too, where like people are talking to her about things that happen and then you don't really know like what actually happened ever. Mm-hmm. It's like so mysterious. And like, he's like, Oh, did Georgie tell you this? And she's like, what you know about that? He's like, yeah, that never happened. And you're like, did yeah, that you're, actually you're ever happen or not? Yeah, like you don't know if they're just like exploiting her too. Yeah, exactly. It's then that's like part of again the obvious nature of like what Elizabeth said about not knowing what the truth or you know the the connection between her mom writing that book on not ever knowing what the truth is, but it does leave you with things to think about like because she could have been that could have been true also that she was abused and that's why she is the way she is because i think it's like she's not putting on an act when elizabeth isn't around like when she loses her shit mm-hmm. over like the baking thing uh, the orders like there's no one else there but her family she clearly has some screws right. loose 
So, it, yeah, it's not like it, the ending isn't like, oh, Gracie was like this cold, calculated person who put on a persona the entire time Elizabeth was there, and that's the actual meaning of the movie. Like, it's yeah, much it more was just like that. maybe that's how she always is, you know? Yeah, yeah, but like you, yeah, exactly. Like you never are are sure. You're never sure of Gracie ever in the movie. I think is the point. Yeah, because yeah, like she could do. She could be doing anything to get her way at any point. Um, and I mean, maybe the stuff when Elizabeth wasn't around, maybe that was an act like for Joe, you know, or maybe that just is who yeah. she is. Like constantly they're always saying like to each other, Joe is saying to Elizabeth, oh, you don't actually know her or like you don't know who she really is or whatever. Like, I feel like that's said at least three or four times in the movie. But yep. Yeah, it is uh it's a banger. And I love the music too. I definitely want to re-listen to that. I mean, maybe just on my rewatch, but I did feel like it was like <laughs> very serious and dramatic, but it just like fit it so well. And yeah, I guess I didn't really like pick up on the tone it was going like some of that comedic stuff and some of the tone it was going for in my like the first two thirds or whatever, which is where a lot, I feel like a lot of that happens. Some, a lot of people are saying that like the first half is going for that more comedic tone. The second half is more like straight drama. And I feel like it should be the same throughout, but people are noted. Like you pick up on it halfway through like, Oh, this is what it's going for. Yeah. I mean, I guess like what I pointed out before with the whole like fridge, do, 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 do. I need more hot dogs. I see like, like I, get, I didn't like, even register that when I was watching. I think I was just like so because it's it's so early and I'm just like absorbed and I'm like trying to like you know get like I thought that was get my footing still. I thought that was hilarious. And then like once it got past that, I'm like, oh, this is like a pretty I felt like it was meant to like catch you off guard and like maybe go for that like cheesiness. So you get like one feel for it. Then it's like, Oh, this is not meant to be like that. All ha ha tricked you into watching this or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, one, another scene I just thought of that connects the, like the themes is so when she goes, Elizabeth goes to, the kid's school and like does that like theater class questionnaire or whatever. And the one kid is trying to be funny, but he asks her about, about the sex scene. Yeah. And then she takes it like so seriously. But then if you think about that, connecting it to like what she's doing, it, it like overlaps yep. perfectly. Like yeah. going through yep. these motions and like, but then you start to feel, okay, is this real? Is it it's not like, real? Am and, I actually feeling this? Yeah, am I actually or feeling this? Am I pretending yeah. that I don't enjoy this? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, uh, another great scene. I mean, I seriously think you could go scene by scene and there's at least two or three meanings to everything. It's so dense and yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really is yeah i'm glad i got this in today i'm glad you did too um yeah i mean we it would take a, an entire pod to to break down the whole thing but 
I feel like we conveyed our thoughts for the most part. Do you have anything else that you want to mention on May, December? I mean, you just watched it today. Uh, this kind of grew yeah. as I was thinking about it. So I feel like not to uh, discredit you, but maybe your thoughts will grow more on it. But um, it took me, you know, at least 24 hours. Or I mean, I will hundred percent watch it again. Literally. I thought about watching it again, like, even today just so my girlfriend can watch it too and be like hey yeah. what do you think about this like, okay um right. no i, I don't not... have more right now okay all right all right um yeah definitely definitely take the time to read some different opinions and and thoughts out there but um yeah my appreciation has only grown in the time so um well, what are you going to give may december out of five stars I'll give it a four and a half. You blew it! I'm going <laughs> five, baby. It's five, Jacob. See, Can I like as much as safe, which was four and a half for me. So. <laughs> Nowhere near safe. But like I said, this movie has seriously made me rethink um, Todd Haynes. Need to go back and uh, catch some of those. Some of those weird ones, especially safe, safe and far from heaven, I think are the two that he's really you safe, like a two something. or something, right? I think I give it a two and a half, maybe a two, maybe I might yeah. have actively disliked that. Just like the boy in there. I remember it was, I looked like the other day and I was like, damn, like we were so <laughs> far off. I gave it a two and a half. <laughs> Yikes. All right. I missed the boat. Moving on, moving on. Uh, let's get into some nano reviews, if you have any. I don't. I watched Jack Frost. That's it. No <laughs> comment. So did Either I. Either way. So did I. Um, okay, then I will go over this very, very quickly, because it's not even a movie. But um, I had some downtime, like in between. Okay, I don't need to explain myself. Um, <laughs> I watched basically a YouTube documentary. Now... I know what y'all are thinking. Not a movie. Why are you talking about it? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it actually, it, it it's, I would put it above most straight to Netflix, like true crime stuff. It's, it's better made than a lot of that. And it's, uh, and oops. Mm-hmm. it's made, um, <laughs> made by a guy named Mike Klum um started a new youtube channel for this and it's a documentary on boogie uh what's his name boogie 2988 if you have heard of him which i guess he was a very popular youtube he's a very no. early youtuber very popular youtuber you might have seen the oh boogie, yeah the guy who got yeah i used to watch him he got like okay. the surgery the yeah, gastric yeah. bypass. Yeah. The loose weight. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gone through a lot of shit. And this is basically just kind of chronicling a period where uh, he's going through some financial troubles and blah, blah, blah. Um, but actually, it, was, it actually was pretty well made. It's only like 50 minutes or whatever. So not going to log in or anything, but just wanted to mention it because I think this guy could make the transition from, I mean, if the guys that made Talk to Me can go from YouTube to feature films and this guy could go from youtube documentaries to real documentaries easily because this was better made and produced than a lot of straight to streaming documentaries that you see i don't know like 
Oh fuck. We watched that Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock. It was god awful. Like it's <laughs> so bad. I don't know how these things get funded because they're true crime. Like this is about a social media or YouTube person, so it has to go to YouTube. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, I would follow what this guy is, is doing, but um pretty well made. Interesting. I didn't really know anything about Boogie 2988 or whatever, but um a pretty yeah, interesting I, I don't watch him in years, but I knew about him. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely wouldn't support him. I mean, he's not a good person, but um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I didn't matter, like I love him, but I knew about his story. Like, I remember his bypass story. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, check it out then if uh, if you have some time if you're surfing uh, YouTube or whatever. That is it for me. Uh, next week. What do we have next week? There's there's a lot of things coming out in limited showings, which so I don't know what is going to be available. I, mean, I probably would have those. Like I'm trying to see somewhere one of my theaters. So tomorrow, so tomorrow is the day that they announce like where um, they usually put show times for like the weekend on Wednesday. So like I would have to see if Zone of Interest opens anywhere near me. But like Zone of Interest is my main priority and poor things I think should be available as well. But we'll have to see what is for sure, like what we both can see for sure. I know Wonka is opening as well. Yeah, which I don't I'm have shit in. <laughs> I'm interested in two of those. I never heard of Zone of Interest. So. Yeah, you have the Jonathan Glazer movie. I think you've heard oh, of it. Okay. Maybe not. But <laughs> Poor okay, things anyway. for sure. Poor things for but sure. Yeah, none of them are showing anything for me. So, yeah. Yeah, it, I think we have to wait till tomorrow because that's when like showtimes usually drop. So, we won't say for sure, I guess. Oh, wait. December, oh, okay. Never mind. That's next week. Yeah. Um, As of Thursday, I can watch Poor Things. Oh, okay. So, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll have Poor Things as well. I think, I think we'll plan on that for sure and maybe add zone of interest if it's available maybe wonka i don't know but yeah we should just plan on poor things for sure and then uh whatever else is is just the icing on top okay that's the plan word anything else nope shut her down all right if you want to send us a question or comment you can email us at suds and cinema podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on instagram at suds and cinema podcast i am on letterboxd and untapped at the kg project i am on both those as jsal 517 jsal 517 all right thanks for listening cheers guys